When my life's all out of order, I need you in my corner. I need to know that you're a friend when it's against the odds and I'm against the wall. It's me against the world. And everyone else has, but don't. So I will keep telling him Jesus loves him, and we will keep telling him we love him, and every seed planted, I pray, feeds his future. KateTheJourney.ca What's going on everyone? Welcome to the SC2G Podcast. Yes, step up to greatness. I'm Dustin Gruss, Greatness Facilitator, and this is the place to get your tips, tricks, inspiration, motivation, life hacks, all in order to help you find your life of greatness. It is May, it's the last week of May, and it is Foster Care Month. And I wanted to share with you all a little bit more about our experience as foster parents as we are approaching one year as licensed foster parents. And it's hard to believe that it was the first day that we received our license, we also got the call for our first placement. Man, were we naive to say yes to two children right away. A 13-month-old and a two-week-old. Irish twins is what I've heard people call them. Two babies, both in diapers at the same time, even though they're not the same age. I say naive, but they were meant to be with us. um, Because we were able to give them love and shelter and safety that they needed at that time in their life. And when I think about what they must have experienced that first day that they came to us, because we know they were taken from their mom at court in that morning and were then in an office building all day while the caseworkers called house after house after house trying to find someone to take these two kids in because at the time not many people were willing to take two kids on at once especially a one-year-old and a two-week-old like we were so when they we got the call and half hour after we got the call saying we got our license we said hey we we were supposed to have these two And so think about the fact that these two kids were in an office building all day, probably not eating much, probably not getting changed. And then they showed up at our house in their car seats, both asleep. The 13-month-old waking up first. And even though I'd been an uncle for many years, and I've changed a couple diapers and rocked a baby to sleep here and there it was something different going into dad mode and it worked it just clicked just picking her up out of her seat and just holding her and talking to her softly and looking into her eyes and so she could see that I was safe The baby stayed asleep for longer 
That is until later in the evening. <laughs> and to think about, <laughs> we had those swaddle blankets to try to swaddle and keep the baby secure. And he was flailing his arms around so much where we couldn't get that swaddle blanket tucked in before his arms would get loose. So it was about one in the morning, <laughs> I went out to Walmart to go get these swaddle blankets that have the Velcro on them. And we got back. It's still a little bit of a struggle, but the big struggle was not being used to not sleeping. And my wife <laughs> crying hysterically because she's used to being asleep by 9 30 10 o'clock and here it was 2 30 in the morning just wondering if we made a mistake and while exhausted as well I'd, we had to remind ourselves that these kids were taken from their family these kids were in office building all day and these kids are now in a stranger's home so they had it a lot harder than we did and we rallied and we were fortunate to have great support from my parents coming over the next morning so we could get some sleep um, but we definitely questioned ourselves for a few days are we strong enough do we do the right thing But those seven weeks altogether were a roller coaster. And I say that in the most sincere way because there were great days and then there were moments where it was extremely tough. And people ask, well, how do you do that? Like, once you get attached? Yes, absolutely got attached. When these kids hug you, when they run to you, when they see you at daycare, when they smile at you and giggle for the first time, when they fall asleep on you and are just peaceful, when they have a nightmare and you're able to soothe them and help them fall back asleep. You absolutely get attached in those moments. The other part that makes it hard is the confusion on how quickly they were headed back to family. Because we heard, oh, it won't be long, it won't be long. And then there were times where they said, okay, they're going to be going back in a couple days. And then a week goes by. Well, maybe this week, a week goes by. So we kept preparing ourselves for heartache and then the heartache would be prolonged because we would have them longer, which was a blessing because we got more time with them. But it was difficult as well, not knowing when that actual date was. And when they finally did go back to family, I was fortunate to have to work that evening, so that helped keep my mind distracted. And 
soon as they were out of the house, Leanne grabbed everything of theirs and threw it in the nursery room. Not threw it, but put it in the nursery room and we closed the door and locked that door up. We would only go in there if we knew we needed something out of there. Otherwise, that, that room stayed shut for about three and a half weeks. And then when, because we decided that we were going to take a month off between them and opening ourselves up to the next placement. So knowing that that time was coming, we decided, okay, let's open the door up. Let's start organizing some things because at this point it was still just a room with stuff all over in there. And we opened our kind of got everything mostly organized. And then the day before our month was supposed to be up is when we got a call for the next placement. And we said, well, really, we're going to say no today and yes tomorrow. Like, so we said yes right there. And then, and within a couple hours, our next placement was with us. Leanne was amazing and just got everything organized and ready and just she zipped right back into mom mode and still just blown away by it. The next placement was there and he's just cutie, adorable, three month old baby. It's a big boy. We thought he was older or maybe overfed, but later on we would meet dad and see why he was a big baby. Because it comes from a big stock. Um, but his... <laughs> the funny thing with him too is, as big as he was, he had the highest pitch and saddest little cry. I just that you could picture. I mean, just a big boy and just this little... So the, the little cry was... It was cute. But when you start getting that boy smiling and giggling and cooing and just such a sweet baby. And he's been with us now for eight months, and he turns one years old in two weeks. I can't believe it's been that long. That time has flown by. We are so enamored and in love with him. His giggle, his smiles, his the, the milestones we could see. And if there's any kind of blessing that comes with this COVID pandemic... It's that while I've been out of work, I've been able to see him reach all these different milestones and see him grow and become more of the little little person that he's becoming. And it's been such a blessing to have that because I'm out of work, daycare is closed, and so it's just a blessing of time. Um, but it's extremely hard too. Because we want to love him and keep him safe as much as we can. 
and we know mom and dad both have their things that they're working through and trying to better get better themselves and get to the point where they can have him back and there's times where they're confused why they don't have him we didn't sign up to be foster parents to root against the parents we went into it deciding to be able to open up our home to as many kids as we can with the idea that they would be reunified with their family and it was only in the pre-licensing classes where they kind of told us hey you know if you think you'd ever want to adopt you need to check that form here you know check that you'd be interested in adopting because if we didn't check that box on the form and it came up where one of the kids we were watching came up for adoption and we decided yeah we wanted to do that we would have to go through the full 40 minute pre-service training again and we did not want to do that as we gave up six weeks of our Friday nights and Saturday days so that was quite a bit but even with marking that form our idea is still reunification and it's tough because you love the child that's in your care and you do get to know the parents on some level and hope that they are able to do the things they need to do to get their child back but there's always going to be a little bit of that love in your heart that attachment that yeah you want to just continue loving him he's a part of your everyday life and knowing that that could be gone at some point especially after we didn't we haven't heard from the family of the first two that we fostered it's a scary thought and sad thought and we've heard you know from at least the father that we would still be involved in this child's life well after he goes back to family but you never know for sure. But still, we don't think about, oh, well, we hope they don't get their stuff together so we can adopt him. That's not right. We don't do that. But we do just, our job is to continue to give him love and any child that comes in our home love. And while there's many things that are difficult with the foster system, loving a child is the easiest. There might be hard parts that come afterwards with the healing and the mourning and the grief. And believe me, we have had that. But loving the child has been the easiest. Now, there are flaws in the system, but there are good people in the system trying to do the right thing, but sometimes they don't have all the resources they need. And whether this is our last foster or not, 
I do plan on being some kind of advocate after it's all said and done for both the foster kids, the foster parents, the system as a whole for it to have better resources to make sure that the kids' best interest are, is always in mind. Um, but for now, all we can really do is to hope and pray for the parents that are going through whatever they're going through, where the kids had to be pulled from their home. Pray for the foster parents that are taking care of these kids. And pray for them just to be able to love on them and have the resources they need to keep the kids safe and happy and healthy. Pray for the caseworkers that are overloaded and overworked as they try to do the right thing. And pray for the judges that have to make the decisions and pray that they're doing, making decisions based on the best interest of the children. And pray for, honestly, the support systems to the foster parents. Because we have so many people that are amazing and supporting us and they're getting attached to these children as well. So when the child goes back to the family, not only are we not going to have the child anymore, but they're not going to have the child anymore either. That's something that a lot of people don't think about. I definitely encourage you to find out more about the foster care system and ways that you can help. And even consider being a foster parent yourself. If you ever have any questions or want to know more about it, I myself and my wife are always happy to answer questions. And I thank you for listening. And just pray that you, the parents, the foster parents, everyone involved, everyone in general, is able to keep moving forward and step up to greatness. See you next week.